Hey everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 198. Hooray! We're getting closer and closer to that magic number. That's it. 280. Yes. <laughs> I, this week it is just Paul. I, Paul <laughs> is no Paul. more. Yeah. <laughs> Paul is not with us this week. Uh, it's uh, just myself and Kieran. And uh, yeah, Paul is doing real wife, real wife stuff. I think maybe <laughs> we should just start again because I cannot talk. I can't make words so good. Me, <laughs> just... <laughs> Paul. I know, I know. Uh, Paul is doing real life stuff. Uh, you are listening to Glitch Free Gaming, where Kieran talks about video games and Mike just trips over his own tongue, apparently. So. Um, let's do that then. And uh, Kieran, why don't you start us off and tell us all about Into the Breach? Okay. Uh, it's actually a shame that Paul isn't here for this one because I know he's super interested in this yes, game as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but Into the Breach is the new game by the FTL Faster Than Light people. Yes. And it's a completely different game. It's not remotely like the same style of game. Um. The one thing it has in common is that it's still kind of run-based, so there's permadeath, and you have to start again afterwards. All right, okay. Um, but the setting is basically, you are, the game starts with like the world ending. A bunch of like alien bugs come up out of the ground and have destroyed everything, and a bunch of soldiers like turn to each other and are like, ah, well, we fucked it again, right? Let's try again and then go backwards in time. Right. And you're basically doing a bunch of missions to try and stop this end of the world event happening by defeating a bunch of bugs. All right. Um, and from then on out, it's it's strange. You have a three-person squad uh, that is people manning different types of vehicles. So the very first one you start with has a kind of big, uh, like Gundam-looking mech, and then a, a kind of more like spider tanky looking mech and then just a regular tank right and each of them have different abilities which you can level up um by collecting stars which you get for you get by doing different missions so basically you go to an island at a time and on each island you'll have a selection of missions that you can pick and then doing some of them will unlock other ones and they'll give you different rewards and then once you go into those actual missions, they are turn-based, grid-based uh, tactics games, kind of similar to like a Final Fantasy Tactics or an Advance Wars. Mm-hmm. But you only ever have those three units. All right, okay. But the kind of trick to it that makes it really cool is that like the whole kind of gimmick of it is basically the enemies move before you every time. But they won't attack until the turn after. So basically the order of events is the enemies move into position uh-huh. to attack. You move and attack, then the enemies attack. Right, okay. So the advantage of this is so you have a, a, a grid energy meter, which is basically uh, don't let civilians get hurt. It's like a health bar for the island, not just for you. Right, okay. And also all your individual units have health as well. But basically enemies will largely attack 
environmental things to you know they'll attack city blocks and stuff like that but they'll walk up to them and they'll mark it as red and it'll be like this guy is attacking this space to the left of it next turn and no matter what happens to that guy unless he dies he will attack the space to the left of him next turn right uh yes yeah so the other kind of cool thing that this game does is that most of your attacks aren't really that powerful at least not at the start but almost always you will have attacks that can move enemies around yeah it, so, it's it's program movement is what it is yeah but basically I'm, I'm, oh, I'm trying to think where i that sounds so familiar and i've played a game that has that yeah i feel you... like i have as well I don't know. <laughs> you know exactly what the enemy's going to do, and the only thing, like you say, you can either get your guys out of the way of the attack, or you can destroy them to stop the attack completely. Yeah, but then the third option in this one is not just that you get your guys out of the way of attack, because you can't move cities. Right. So you want to move the enemy out of the way of the attack. Ah, so, right. So like, if an enemy is aimed to its left it will always aim to its left. And some enemies def attack in different ways, so some of them will attack the square right next to them, some of them attack like two squares in front of them, some of them hit in a straight line and their attack stops when it hits something. So what you can do is you can knock enemies out of the way so that instead of hitting a city, he's hitting another enemy. Or he's hitting uh -huh. a mountain or just hitting thin air so he's not doing any damage. And you right. might not do any damage, like uh, you unlock different squads of mechs that you can use and the second one that I unlocked only one of the units really did like a decent amount of damage the rest of them were just there to move enemies around they're more about just positioning enemies in different ways to get them out of the way and it's such a cool little concept to, it, it turns into like a bit of a puzzle game rather than just a strategy game because it sets up these things where it's like there's a guy over here attacking a city. There's a guy over here attacking a city. There's a guy over here attacking one of your units. And you're like, well, I can knock this guy to the left and then he'll be attacking his friend up here instead and he'll die before he can attack a city. So that means I can just use this guy to shoot the, less, the last guy that's left and he'll just die. And right. Can, and then there's a bunch of environmental stuff as well. So like... Uh, ground-based enemies, if they fall into water, will just drown and die. Um, so there's another thing you could do is you could just knock enemies into water if you don't, if you can't do enough damage to kill them in one hit. You might uh -huh. be able to at least move them enough squares to kill them in one hit. Yeah. All right. Which is it's super smart. Um, it's only on PC just now. It's not. Yeah, I I seen that and it was because I don't play much on the PC anymore and. I was kind of bummed. I thought, you know, if it was on the Switch, it'd be a must, but it would be a, a must buy. Yeah, this thing. I I bought it on PC, but I will happily rebuy this if and when it comes to Switch. Right. Um, I think FTL at least ends up coming to iPad later. I don't know if it came to anything else. I, no, I don't think it did come to anything else. Um, but I assume this will at very least come to iPad, if not awful, also to Switch. Um but they'll, they'll be on other stuff, I'm sure. But for now, it's only on PC, and I do recommend it. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. It will work very well on things like the iPad and stuff, so if that's where you'd rather play it, I don't blame waiting. Yeah, so it would play really well on the Switch, and then yeah. by... Oh yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, 
yeah, cause it just works with a cursor, so it would work with a touchscreen really well, or even it would work really well just with buttons, because it's just a grid-based strategy game. Cool. You know, it's just a kind of Advance Warsy thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm really liking it. Um, maybe not quite as much as FTL, just because FTL's, <laughs> FTL's so good. Hey, FTL was very special. Yeah, exactly. Um, and FTL was very different. I think it's the other thing. Like, I can't. There's no other games like FTL. Well, like, there, or there, there is was, now. <laughs> yeah, there was uh, there was one that came out a little bit after it. Uh, I reviewed it back when we did reviews in Calm Down Tom, uh-huh. and I cannot for the life of me remember. I'm just actually checking on the iPad because I might have, still have it on the iPad. Uh, I'm trying to remember. There was definitely a couple I played. Um, there was... Oh, man, I can't remember any of them. <laughs> uh, out, out there was one yes, of them. Yes, out there was really good. Uh, that one yeah. was more based around like mining stuff as well, though, because you were collecting yes, different uh, elements. Yep, that's uh, it. I'm gonna search my humble account because I remember getting something in a humble bundle that I that was very similar and I liked a lot. Um, man, I can't remember. Well, whatever, it doesn't matter too much. Yes. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, the, there was a few games that came out after FTL that were similar to FTL, and that's great because FTL is great. But this one out of the gate is, you know, is very recognizable as you know a turn-based strategy game. It is very similar to an Advance Wars. It's very similar to uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it has its own spin on it, and it is very unique. Like, don't get me wrong, it's very different from other games, but it's, you know, it's still at its core as you know one of those. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Um, it will probably come to other things, but for now, it is only on Steam. It's oh sure, I think not just only Steam. It's on GOG as well, but it's only on PC. Yes. Um, yeah. Because I picked it up on GOG. Uh, I forget how much it is. I want to say it's like fifteen quid or something. It's not, you know, it's not super expensive. Is it, yeah, not overly it's, expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to play a bunch more, but like, it's super difficult, is the thing, because it has to be. It's that kind of you know, that kind of game, and you get through different uh, islands, which is basically just these sets of missions, and the writing is really good. So each island has a like the idea is it's like kind of dystopian future where. You know, the world has started falling apart and so uh, private companies came in to save the day. So every island is run by a CEO rather than like a mayor or president or something like that. Right. And so there's different corporations that run each of the islands and they're all goofy and weird. And also most of them don't believe that you're a time traveler. <laughs> so they're just, they're just like, I don't know who you are, but you have mechs. So that's pretty good, I guess. You can help out. Like, yeah you're not wrong i guess even if i didn't believe the people in giant mechs for time travelers i would be kind of all right with them using their giant mechs to fight these bugs that were killing us uh-huh um yeah it's it's good it's it's really goofy it's it's a smart game um but yeah uh you've been playing some gravel yes i have yeah so gravel is the latest racing game from uh, our friends at milestone nice yeah and uh, so we got uh, another review copy Uh, this is the review copy that we got and gravel is a bit of a strange one so it is all think of it as 
kind of Milestone's version of Dirt, but remember when Dirt did the whole thing where it took the the off-road racing, so there was rally racing, and then there was stadium racing in the cars, yeah. and then the, the big trucks and things like that. So this is their attempt of that. But it's also the format that they've got is they've created kind of like a television show format okay. of this thing called Gravel. And that's the, the program. And each of the events, so, you know, um, they've divided them into seasons and episodes. Uh-huh. Okay. So th- that kind of style and that kind of uh, presentation reminds me quite a lot of, do you remember Split Second? Yeah. Yeah. I was, Which was, that was an awesome racing game. Saturday. I was, <laughs> I mean, just to get sidetracked slightly here, um, Giant Bomb, which is also a gaming site that you know, I'm a massive fan of, and, and yes. you guys like as well. Um, they just did the, they just opened a new thing on their website called Giant Bomb TV, which is a 24 hour live stream where they just show random videos from their archive. Oh, right, okay. Uh, which one made me feel old because it pointed out the fact that Giant Bomb has been around for 10 years. Oh, wow. Which is insane. <laughs> like, yes. That's mental. <laughs> um, but also it just meant that, you know, yesterday when I had nothing to watch, I turned on Giant Bomb TV and was watching the quick look for Blur. Oh, God. It was like, man, Blur. Blur and Split Second were great games. Yes, they were. I, I really like both of them, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. So this is it reminds me in the presentation um, a bit like split second. Split second. So you go yeah, into right. so it does you that go kind in, of TV show thing. Yeah, so you go into episode one, and you know your first race that comes up is uh, it's a circuit race in like a an island paradise, and there's a, a commentator and he tells you yeah we're looking forward to today's race and a little bit of you know um patter and everything and off yeah. you go and you do the race um and as the race finishes it says you know that was a really exciting race i you know can't wait for the next episode um i really and, hope but, they say it's, it's somewhat like deadpan as you just said it <laughs> just like that was an exciting race yeah there is um not as the <laughs> but yeah, and then you know they say, but don't worry, um, grandmasters on gravel will be back, and yeah, so it's so not they've got, as they've got kind of more like uh, commentatory type people on it. Yes, yeah, it's not as good as the you know the whole presentation that Split Second had. Yeah. So and it it's going back to what Milestone do. Milestone do pretty decent. <laughs> and it, it never elevates past that and it's yeah. you know the, the last time when we were talking about the the monster energy uh bike racing game yeah. we that's what we were saying you know they, they do pretty decent and at one point they're gonna get it right it's uh-huh. not this time <laughs> it's getting <laughs> it, it it's getting to a point where it's a little bit frustrating because i keep saying the same thing about their games over and over again yeah they're okay they're pretty good they're uh, the they're presentation <laughs> is alright the graph the, yeah they're not quite there and when you start picking faults in it it's the same things again so character models of the cars are absolutely horrible yeah. they're you know not they look like something from a, you know a real budget game there's no shine on them in an age of 
Gran Turismo and Forza, Forza Horizon, all these yeah. games. Even like Dart Four and uh, yeah. Dart Rally were fantastic looking games. Yeah, this does not have it. Um, but the playing the game, it's a fun experience. So they have that down. Same as that that motorbike game. Playing it was a lot of fun. Playing this is quite a lot of fun. Um, I put it in at uh, the beginning of the week, and I thought, right, I'll play a couple of races, and I probably won't be able to talk about it on the podcast yet. And I found myself, I've gone through the first two episodes, um, so that, you know, the first two kind of racing sections. Yeah. Uh, there are four, uh, four races in the first episode, and then there are three races in a championship in the second yeah. one. And then they've got this thing. It's called Stadium Circuit Master. And this is the one, one of the other cool things. They've created these racing people, you know, these um, masters that you're oh. going to race against. And it's real-life people. So it's actors, which in Milestone's case, it's probably people that work for them. And they've got them to dre- <laughs> dress up in racing jumpsuits and stuff. Oh, that's pretty but good. when they do the you know, the TV style presentation, they have them doing like these ridiculous poses and pretending oh. to be playing air guitar and stuff so like, like that. Is it kind of like FMV stuff or is it just like still images? I, a mixture of both. Oh, that sounds pretty good. I need to, I might need to get <laughs> this one. I hadn't even um, heard of this game up until now. And it's, uh, there's, if you look on the PlayStation store when you're looking at it, um, you know, when they normally do like a trailer, yeah. the trailer that they've got for this is just some actual gameplay footage so you can see what it is. That's cool. Um, and yeah, like I said, you'll see it looks like the rest of the racing games. Yeah. It's, it's not bad, but it's not the best either. Yeah. Um, and again, when we're talking about price of these games, they're wanting full price for them. Yeah. Is this one coming and, out on Switch, do you know, or is it just on PS4? Because uh, that's that Monster Energy one you were talking about a couple of weeks ago. Is yes. it on Switch? Or is it yes. coming out on Switch? Uh, no, it's already out. Is it out? Yeah, I, know it it came, out. I knew it came out a little bit later than the PS4 one. Oh, I thought it came out at the same time. Oh, maybe it did. Um, yeah. I thought it came um, out. No, Gravel isn't coming out for the Switch. That's a bummer. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's a full-price game. It does have... You know, it's the same as all the other racing games. They have uh, DLC coming out for them. Um, quite an extensive schedule. They've got uh, a season pass that you can pick up for it as well. Mm-hmm. So they're hitting, they're hitting all the beats that they should be hitting. They're just missing a little bit of the polish. Yeah, it feels like they should. I think I've pretty much said this last time when you were talking about the monster game that they should probably take the games that they are making now. And I assume they've already crunched the numbers and can't afford to do it, but like spend a little bit more money on just one of them just to get their graphics there. Because it's yeah. one of those things that would probably pay off for every future game they do if they just did it once. I think so. I, I really do. This one is, it does look a little bit better than the, the last one that I played. Um, yeah, it, it's weird because I, I can feel myself and I can hear myself. You know, I'm saying, oh, it looks a little bit better, and I, I'm having a go at that. I'm having a go at the, you know, the the character models and things like that. But then I keep telling you, it's a good game. It plays yeah. well. It's a lot of fun. That's the thing. I I've enjoyed their games in the past. Like, 
They, yeah. They release good games. And it's... it You know, as reviewers and what we do on the website and what we do on this podcast every week, it's difficult for me to turn around and say to you, go and buy this. Yeah. It feels because... like one well, of those games that they need to either embrace the fact that they are in that kind of B tier of game and that's what they're releasing and price it appropriately. Yes. Or increase the polish of their games. Like, see if they yeah, yeah. See if this was thirty pounds for the game. I'd be telling you go and buy it. Yeah. Buy it now. I would probably have bought it. <laughs> yeah. Buy it and buy it now. But at the you know, on digital level it's what, forty nine ninety nine is what they go for now yeah. and then forty pound. Yeah. Um But to be fair, they do tend to drop in price pretty quickly. Yeah, I su- yeah, I suppose. Um it, it doesn't really, you know, when, so in that case when the price does go down um, in my personal opinion when the price goes down buy it yeah I think I um, like, it sounds it sounds like something I'd like yeah it's there is quite a lot of a so the the kind of episodes there are I'm just going to scroll along uh, so there's two special episodes three special episodes for so there's 15 you know 15 different episodes and each of them will have five or six races in a championship yeah and then there's another four special episodes you know special so, challenges so, so like quite a lot of stuff yeah there's you know there is plenty of races and things like that so they put a lot of work into it and it does it looks very exciting are the vehicles you use like tied to the chapters or are they or tied to the episodes, um, or are they like, do you unlock a kind of garage you, filled with vehicles? You unlock a garage full of vehicles. Okay. So, um, but it's so it's a mixture of both. So, season one, you find in the first race, you are using. I'll need to go back and have a look. But in the first race, you're using. It's like the the off-road racing trucks. Uh-huh. Uh The big trucks. Then in the next race, I think, yeah, you're still using the trucks, but it's in the, the closed circuit racing. Then I'm just double-checking and having a look, see what it says. Uh, oh, yeah, then you're using, like, old um, classic cars, like the Arbarth 131 Rani cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you get on, you can, as you reach higher levels, you can unlock things like the Toyota Celicas uh, and things like that to use in there as well so you get for each different race you'll get given a car you know and it'll be the start the entry level and as you level up and race more and more races mm-hmm. you'd be able to go back and do that race with a you know a more powerful car it sounds cool it sounds like they they tried something slightly different which yeah and to to a certain extent they've succeeded Mm -hmm. you know so if you you know again if we're talking giving it a score out of 10 uh again i would give it the seven yeah i see (laughs) Um, that seems it sounds appropriate um yeah 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 especially if it was on sale because yeah i i like me some racing games although i have also still got Gran Turismo Sport barely placed. Yes. <laughs> but the thing is with with gravel, it is it's immediate. I can I've been able to pick it up, go into it, do one or two races, 
Um, I was doing one or two races when we were preparing for the podcast and they're quick and easy enough that I can do them quickly, put them down. And it's not like Gran Turismo and it's not like Forza, you know, yeah. where it's taking, you know, one or two practice races to get into it. And then you yeah. go, you can, it is pick up and it's play. Not, it's not, um, so it's a so, bit more arcadey in that way. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. It's not, it's not like Gran Turismo Sport where you're waiting for the specific times of day that you can play online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get why they did that and i do kind of like that system like i liked it in drive club but man sometimes you just want to you want to race online you don't yeah. want to wait 15 <laughs> minutes to do it exactly yeah but uh, yeah so check out gravel um well i would definitely say check out you know what they've got for it check out the videos and things like that see if it's your type of thing and it, hey you know sometimes if you know what you're getting you don't mind taking the punt at full price as long as you know yeah. exactly what you're getting yeah, or you know wait for the, the the price drop and see if you can pick it up cheaper on, on online or whatever mm-hmm. and um yeah give it a bash but uh kieran you have been playing a a game that we were talking about offline and i'm curious to see what you think about it which was a subsurface circular oh yes uh speaking of like pricing on games uh, Subsurface Surface Circular is like a two hour long game by Mike Bethel that is like four pounds is perfectly priced for the amount of content in the right. um, it was it came out on PC a wee bit ago um, but it's out on Switch now um, for people who don't know Mike Bethel is the guy that made Thomas Was Alone and then made Volume Yes, uh, I think he might have made something else in between those or bet- in between those and this but this like he released this as a he like refers to it as a short so it's like his equivalent of like a short film or a short novel or something like that right um, short story and it's a story-based game it's essentially a kind of visual novel type thing where you play as a robot that is like the setup of the world is basically robot workers have replaced a lot of you know jobs that humans would do uh-huh. Um, you know, automation has reached its its main kind of point, uh, to the point where, at, at a certain point, uh, humans created a thing called the management, which keeps track of all the robots basically, and you play as a robot who is of uh, a higher tier of intelligence than other robots. Like all the robots have different tiers of intelligence and are aware of their tiers of intelligence, which is a really cool idea. So you're uh-huh. a high tier of intelligence and right at the start of the game some a medium intelligent intelligence robot who works in maintenance comes up and talks to you and talks about his friend who is also a robot who's gone missing. And you're like, that's great because I'm high intelligence because I'm a detective so I'll look into it for you. And he's like, okay, great. So you go like go and um, you know ask people questions and stuff like that and you're like, Nah, because I'm high intelligence, the management doesn't really like high intelligence robots walking around mingling with humans and stuff because we scare them slightly. I'm only uh-huh. allowed in this subway station or uh, in this, uh, like you're sitting in a subway train that is just going round as a circle. You're on the subsurface circular is the name of the, the subway line you're on. Right, um, okay. And so you're asking questions to the robots that come in and out of that uh, subway train, which kind of has the effect of feeling a little bit like hmm, it just so happened that people that happen to knew or machines i guess that happen to know about the thing i'm asking great questions came onto this train 
but yes, they also kind of the implication is that the events that you're asking about are so widely known that it makes sense they would all know. Like, right. this guy's friend is not the only robot that has went missing. Like, everyone has heard something about robots going missing, whether it's a rumour or if it's, you know, they knew someone who said their friend had been missing or something like that. Um, right. And you're asking questions that kind of unlock different lines of questioning to ask other people. So you'll get questions like, uh, you'll ask someone about robots going missing and someone will be like, oh yeah, well, you know, um, there's a lot of humans that are really angry that machines took all their jobs. So a lot of people that used to be builders and you know maintenance workers and stuff like that. And uh, you, every robot you meet has a designation above it so you can tell what their job is. So, you know, there's like maintenance workers, there's like builders, there's uh, some slightly bigger things there's like you know receptionists and then there's also like you know child carers and stuff like that uh-huh. um so it's like all these things that they've they've replaced their jobs and so some humans are not happy about that so that gives you a line of questioning to ask other robots like you know what do you know about humans being angry about this do you think any of them could have caused this etc etc um and it's only a couple hours long and the story goes some really interesting places like i really like the world he manages to craft in those couple hours like he you talk to a bunch of different characters and they all feel very different from each other but all feel like they lived in the same world and it's very like cohesive in that way um but it's just like um it's just dialogue trees the game basically but right it's i really enjoyed it i, I definitely recommend it for people if you like kind of story-based games it's Again, it's only a couple hours long and it's only like four quid. It's definitely worth playing around with. Um, the the graphics are basically these kind of simple, low-poly, kind of the same way that all of Mike Bethel's games are. They're these really simple graphics. Um, a lot more high quality than his previous stuff. Like It looks a lot nicer than Volume did, for example. But it's that same kind of yeah. art style of like really... You know, again, low polygon kind of looking robots, but then there's loads of different robots that all look quite different, um, depending on like their designations and stuff like that. So like, you meet a priest at one point, and he's got like a big fancy robot hat thing on, and you can question him about it. You can ask him like, "Why have you got such a weird fucking hat on?" <laughs> um, and he'll be like, "Cause I'm a priest." And he's like, "I'm a priest." And uh, do you want to hear from the scripture? And so you can ask to hear from the scripture and he just starts reading the script from Thomas Was Alone. Oh, wow. It's really good. It's just the first few lines of it and it's like, oh, no, it's so good. Um, oh, excellent. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to... I can't really talk too much more about it because, again, it's only a couple hours long, so I could probably just, like... I've probably spoiled enough of it as is without, right. without even touching on the story much. Like, it's basically just the setup, but the rest of the story is more about building on that setup. Uh-huh. You know, it's more about world building, character building, than it is about, you know, solving a crime. You, you know, it, it goes there. Like, you are, at the end of the day, a detective robot trying to detect a thing. But yep. for the most part, it's like, here's this world, and it's really cool. And it feels like. I don't. I have no. I need to look up the, or I want to look up the background of how and why this game was made. Like it feels like 
it feels like Mike Bethel just went, you know, I really want to write a story, but I make games, so I'm going to make it a game. And he did, and it's really good. So, <laughs> um, and it's like that thing where a lot, of, there's a lot of politics in it, and a lot of it is very kind of you know ripped from the headlines, modern, modern Britain. I think is where a lot of it would come from. But there's also of the law. I mean, the whole world is going through a lot of this stuff at the moment. You know, right? Lots of workers scared of immigrants and or machines taking their jobs, uh-huh. and you know how they react to that and that kind of thing. Um, and given this is from the perspective of a machine in this game, there's definitely a a more nuanced kind of look at that. Um, cool. But yeah, definitely recommend it. Subfurs- Subsurface Circular. Uh, it's out on Switch at the moment and also PC. Don't think it's out on anything else at the moment. Uh, no, I don't think so, no. Yeah. It's, I imagine if it's on Switch, it will probably come to other consoles and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, actually, the one other thing I will mention about it is it has one of the best uses of HD Rumble I've had in a game ever. Oh, okay. Uh, because it just simulates the vibrations of a train. Like, as it stops, it stops, and, you know, ramps up to leave stops. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> it feels really realistic. It's really good. It's such a simple little use for it, but it's, like, so nuanced, it's surprisingly great. Cool. Um, which is a weird thing. Uh, obviously completely inessential, but it's, you know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Mike, you've been playing some TT Isle of Man. Right on the edge. It's actually the full name of that. That's, that's it is, yes. <laughs> so this is uh, another game that we've uh, picked up and looking for review. And I think we'll actually, we'll probably do a written review for this one as well. Yeah. Um, because we tend to be, you know, we mix between our reviews being just, you know, the, the spoken ones that we do here. Mm. And then we'll sometimes write some stuff as well. So, TT Isle of Man right on the edge is the latest game from Kyloton. So Kyloton, those are the guys that now do the the World Rally Championship games. Yes. And that was I don't know if it was their last racing game, but it was the last racing game of theirs that I played. Mm-hmm. And this is I think this game was meant to be out in the end of last year, but it was delayed. Yeah. And there were they were polishing it and things. So it is the, the the main meat of it is you're taking part in the you know the the TT the Dial of Man race, uh-huh. which is the it's not super bikes I think it's basically motorbikes on the Isle of Man. It's a, the famous race. You know, there's dozens of fatalities, not as much anymore, but it's still a very dangerous race. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a. I mean, that is true, but it's such a grim way to think about it, to be like, eh, there's dozens of fatalities. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was one of those things, it's like, you know, people just, yeah, but anyway. <laughs> so you're saying this is like Fire Emblem, there's permadeath, you're just, yes, yeah, there, you die, there, there, replace your rider. <laughs> um, so, the I haven't played too much of it, um, but uh what I have played, the game does look stunning. Um, whereas we were talking about Milestone, I've still to, you know, get into that territory of the games looking as well as they perform. Yeah. Kyloton are there. Um, 
we, we spoke about the world the world championship one sorry for the uh, no no <laughs> that's fine the world rally championship one was very good looking this is excellent as well the models of the bikes themselves they put so much work into them uh-huh. you know you couldn't um tell the difference between all the different brands um oh wow this does look kind of nice yeah it is it's looking really good oh, it's got the <laughs> <laughs> it's got the solo mode um and in the solo mode you can do your usual things you know like quick races so you can race on one of the one of the many circuits they have uh-huh. inside here uh the circuits in the ray in in this game are basically the same as what the main feature is the you know the isle of man tt yeah. race itself it's all street racing um made into a circuit yeah uh, so you got the quick race. You can do time attacks on the the various races, uh, races and tracks and things. And then there's the career mode. Mm-hmm. So career mode is again, it's taking the the concept that WRC had, and credit where credit's due, it was Milestone that came up with this this kind of format that they had, yeah. and then Kyloton continued it and they've improved it when they took over the license and they've taken it into TTI Le Mans and put it in there. So you, you've got a, an agent and he sends you emails and he says, Mike, you've got, you know, I think it's $40,000 or 40,000 space bucks. <laughs> uh, buy a bike. That is so what they use in Isle of Man. It is space bucks. Space bucks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you've got your money, you buy a bike and then he sends you events he sends you these emails and you can pick ones, uh, you know, pick the one that sounds more attractive to you. It may be because you get more money from if you win it and things like that. And, but they, you know, you can only pick one of them because they're going on. It's the, the same time and you're, so you're filling up your calendar yeah. you're, and then going in. Um, and I've only done three events so far. Uh, really enjoyable. The game is, in terms of the the racing experience, it it tends to go more towards the simulation, mm-hmm. which is fine. It's good, no worries. But uh, it's fucking hard. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, so I am at the moment. I think I'm playing where I've got a. I, you know, I'm I'm playing on automatic, and I'm I've got a uh, quite a few uh, <clears throat> excuse me assists in the game as well, uh, so that uh, I, it's not assisted braking, but I've got the uh, I, I don't end up pulling wheelies and stoppies every <laughs> two minutes when I you know yeah um and I've got the assisted leaning on as well. You got the fun turned off and sounds it. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, it's the, you know, the, the, again, they've got the tutorial as well, uh, which is very good. And what it does in this one is, uh, pretty much the same as what Dirt did and what, uh, WRC did as well, like, where it tells it, you, it, yeah, it says, right here, have a little play at this and you, you know, do this, do that and you do it and it's fine. And then it cranks up the difficulty and says, we've now cranked up the difficulty see how you get on mm-hmm. 
and they did that and uh, I found that I had to be very careful because um, I kept falling off the bike as well <laughs> so I went back and but they tell you what they've done so it's very easy for you to go back and change it back <laughs> but you know but uh, instead of changing the whole thing back you can go back and you can tweak it so it's you know I knew the gear changing was giving me a problem yeah. so I went back and I changed the, the transmissions and then I knew it was something else so you could go back and tweak it. Um, so you've still got, you know, an element of skill because some of these games, the the problem or the the issue that they have is it's either too easy or it's too difficult. There's no middle ground. Yeah. And you know, the more the the AAA racing games are now, they've closed that gap. Yeah, they've you know, kind of the, figured out they need to appeal to everyone yes, to some degree. Yeah. Because I I feel like it's a thing where as much as I hate to admit it, because I love racing games, racing games are not popular anymore. There's a reason. Why, I know. There's a reason why Codemasters is pretty much like the only non-first party game uh, game company that is making big AAA budget racing games. Like, uh-huh. you know, yeah, we have you know these couple of guys making uh, the occasional WRC and Supercross games and stuff like that. But you know, Codemasters is the only one out there like doing these big budget super polished things. Um, and it's that thing where it's like it's a shame but it means that it kind of forces those games to have to pick up as many people as possible into them because they can't like if only people that were into simulation games pick uh, pick up your racing game there's probably not a lot of people yes <laughs> yeah. so it has to appeal it has to be it has to scale to be easy enough for people that want an easy game as well so yeah. everything's a bit of everything now which is strange but i kind of like it yeah yeah so yeah that that's about as much as i can tell you about it because i like i said i haven't played enough of it yet but it is it's actually been you know i've I've been playing this alongside gravel and gravel is the the super casual easy to pick up easy to put down Uh and then you pick (laughs) up isla man which Bike racing games always tend to be more difficult than yeah, the, you know, bike yeah, the vehicle racing ones anyway, and um, it's like okay, and then it's got the added, you know, the simulation mode rather than arcade, and uh, I just keep, you know, bouncing off the walls, <laughs> hitting trees and all sorts. Uh, but I, I eventually got it down. I, I did, like I said, I did three events, and the last two events I did, I did. I did well. I eventually got into the rhythm of it. So it is a very good looking game. I will play more of it. Um, and the the meat of it is this career mode and it's building up to, you know, taking part in the the Isle of Man TT. Yeah. So, um, How long watch... is the Isle of Man TT? Is that going to be a thing where you get to the end of the game and the last race is like a super long uh, race? I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'd, it's okay. not like the. I know. I know what you're it's, thinking. It's you're not thinking, like Le Mans, no, because Le Mans yeah, is yeah, twenty four hours. But yeah, you're you're thinking about those Le Mans games yeah. that came out at one point, and it was. I mean, even uh, Forza usually has that, and uh, I don't know if Cristismo does. Uh, Forza does, yeah. Um, but they normally have. Uh, they do have the you know the big long circuit, but they also yeah. have the the Grand Prix circuit as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, but 
Yeah, so I will let you know once I get uh, further into it as yeah. well. I'd be interested in hearing in particular um, how well like how how well coarse variety stays like it's a weird thing because i think a lot of people get bored of a lot of circuit racing games yes because you know they're circuits so it looks like a circuit you know and they'll have yeah. different set dressing around the edges but it looks like a circuit um and things that don't take place in a circuit tend to have a bit more variety because they can you know do more stuff and they can be like hey you go through this countryside it looks like this etc etc and if it's all set in you know the one place if it's all in the element then well actually no because i raced a i the last event i did was in scotland all right well that's cool (laughs) so they they have some variety by not keeping it all to the one place yeah you know so it's it's all over britain well that Uh, was my main worry so (laughs) yeah so alleviated already (laughs) <laughs> so there you go but uh yep i i will get back to you next week and let you know how we get on yeah i look forward to hearing more about that game that sounds cool, cool. um you have shall we talk about some everybody's golf yeah everybody's golf <laughs> man i've been meaning to pick this up for a wee bit um it came out end of last year hey yeah, towards the end of last year. Um, so we didn't really talk about it that much. You picked it up, played it a bit. Um, yeah, I I think I spoke about it quite a bit. Um, only did it in the one episode, and then yeah, with everything I mean. coming out, yeah. Um, and I just didn't pick up just because there was tons of other games coming out at the end of the year, and I was finishing up a lot of other things for game of the year, and I was like, well, this golf game probably won't be something I need to play for that. Um, and it's still. I still feel that way, but damn, that is a good golf game. <laughs> um, yeah, I love like the whole uh, the whole lobby system, the, like hub world that you can just wander around this fucking golf course for some <laughs> reason. So silly. Um, the character creator is like shockingly in depth. Yes, like yeah. way more than I expected. I I sent you a picture of my character, which I made a what I think is a pretty decent rendition of myself. It it is. It's very it is very like, good. It's like recognizable as me, which is yes. so weird. My only issue with it is there's literally only one beard in that game. Um, uh yes. So I only I have the beard that is in that game because that is the beard. You can <laughs> layer it on top of itself multiple times, but it just looks weird. Um, yeah, I that's what I had to do to try and create, you know, kind of the, the scruff that I have. Yeah. Cause um, it, and I had to use, like, three different layers. Yeah, because, like, it counts as an accessory, and you can have, I think, four accessories equipped to your your face. And yes. And so you can just put the same beard on multiple times, and it'll layer it up. And it's weird. <laughs> it just it doesn't look quite right, I don't think. Um, no. But, yeah, that character career is cool. I spent a bunch of time trying to make myself did a decent job with it, I think. Uh, and then played some golf. Like, the, I've only played... So, like, the structure of that game so far for me, at least, seems to be you can play uh, online or offline. I've only done offline stuff where you just pick between... At the moment, I've only had the choice of, like, two different tournaments at a time. And there'll be... Yes. There'll be nine holes. Yeah, sometimes those nine holes will... Once you get further on those nine holes, uh, you might get a choice of one of them is nine holes and one of them is 18 holes. That sounds good. And yeah. presumably more courses as well, because I think there's only been two courses to start with. Might even only be one. Might be uh, different sections of the same one. 
Um, yes, yeah, th- there's more courses, but uh, when you go into that, there's always a choice of two yeah. events. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then after you do a few of them, it unlocks a rival match, which is just a one-on-one. And it's the actual competitive thing. Because I kind of like uh, how they handle it, where those little tournaments, um, you don't, you're not taking turns to play golf like you uh-huh. would expect from a regular golf game. You're just uh, you're just hitting the ball and you're taking your turns. You're you know just playing golf to get to the hole and get your your score is what matters. Like your par yes. is what matters. Um, but then those one v ones is kind of what you would usually expect, where whoever whoever's last shot was furthest from the hole is the one yeah, that goes next. Yeah, stroke play. Yeah, um, which is just kind of how I expect most golf games to play because that's kind of how they have traditionally always played because it's the easiest yes. way to do it um but it's kind of cool because also while you're doing just the the regular one um you will see other golfers golfing around you which is kind of neat yeah so you'll just be there you know doing your own thing while there's like four other ai characters doing their own thing as well and you've got no indication about whether they're beating you or not because they're just playing golf like you'll maybe tell if one of them hits a bunker or something you're like oh, that guy's fucked oh well um, although of course I wouldn't say that because that'd be really vindictive and you know competitive, which never would do that. Um, but I did. Um, but yeah, I've been really enjoying it. Um, again, I've only played like a couple of tournaments and done one of the rival matches, uh, which the rival matches unlock a bunch of clothes. The first one unlocked a bunch of female clothes, which were all completely useless for me because I play as a male character. But hey. That's fine, I guess. Uh, and then you can also just buy more clothes. It seems like most of the progression is probably buying clothes to customize your character with. Yes, uh, yeah. So at some point, my you know realistic rendition of myself will probably end up wearing something silly. Because right now he's wearing a hoodie and jeans, like I would wear. But at some point, he will wear something silly because that's what I will have unlocked. Yes. Um. But yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. I need to play more of it. Uh, I just kind of... I was watching like a video of it online and I was like, fuck, I didn't buy that. I should play that. And just kind of bought it. Like, just spur of the moment. Just like, hey, I'm going to play some golf. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you said that you'd picked it up and you were busy playing it and it was like, shit, I loved that game but I haven't played enough of it. <laughs> so I've uh, been playing a, a round or two um i am now i've got up to the rank four tournament or the rank yeah the rank four tournament so i'm waiting for the rank four rival to show up way ahead of me um yeah i need to play more of it i'm definitely gonna think i might just play a bunch of this weekend um the one thing i'll say is that i'm not super keen on at the moment is actually just the art style um oh really like i like parts of it like i think all the individual characters look really cool uh, I really like the art style they went with for the the people. But I think it's got that weird kind of mix of like the world looks kind of semi realistic in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of weird with the cartoony characters. But also more importantly, the the it's like the lighting is quite realistic. So it means you've got these car these kind of cartoony characters with this like realistic lighting on them, and it makes them look really weird. Um, like I don't dislike it. It's just it's just weird. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different from the previous everybody's golf games, 
and how they tended to look. Uh, like similar kind of art style for the characters, but again, like the the world and stuff are all quite different. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I'm definitely sink more hours into that one. Uh, Good. It's just in a, a golf mood, you know. Need some golf. <laughs> Well, when seeing as we're talking about golf, you may as well then tell us about the the last <laughs> game that you've been playing as well. Then, uh, sure. Uh, I also have been playing a bunch more of Golf Story, which let me tell you, jumping between two different golf games is a pain in the ass because, in particular, <laughs> those two because they have very similar mechanics for you know hitting the ball. You know, it is the same kind of power meter, it is the same kind of. Uh, you know, it's like the three-point power meter. So you hit it once to start the thing, once to set the power, and then once again to set the accuracy. And it just goes up and then comes down and you hit it again. Yes. And they are both completely different timing-wise. So it really fucks. It takes a, a few hits to get used to each one again if you switch between them. Because it's like, I just kept doing, like, Golf Story's way faster. Um, yes. But also a lot more lenient. So I was, there's a lot of times that I've missed shots in Golf Story because I'd be hitting it too soon because I was, you know, going off of everybody. Uh, sorry, I missed shots in everybody's golf because I've been going off of Golf Story uh, timing, and vice versa to some degree. But it's yeah, it's a pain in the butt. Um, but Golf Story <laughs> is really good. Like we've talked about it a couple of times on the podcast, and I've been kind of you know iffy about it. Like I enjoyed it. But but haven't it never really clicked with me? Um, it has started yeah. to finally start clicking with me. Um, the writing I think gets a lot better the further you get into that game. It's a lot funnier. There's a lot of things like um, I was talking to you about it uh, before the podcast started, where you, you, the groundskeeper of the kind of main hub area that you go to, kind of recruits you to find out why the grass is growing so quick and uncontrollably and you know to try and figure out how to fix it so you go and basically it's just an excuse to take you to another golf course so you can play golf there which is still the thing about this game is everything you do is golf is like this little kind of simplistic rpg but everything you do is golf <laughs> yeah um so it's like oh let's go so we can scout out this golf course it's like how do we do that it's like well you play golf there obviously and it's like, oh, how do we get them to let us play golf there? So like, you play some golf with the people and they'll let you play golf there. And it's like, why would that work? That's so dumb. <laughs> um, but like, once you figure out how to cut this grass and stop it from overgrowing everything, uh, the groundskeeper's like, all right, take us lawnmower and go, go cut some grass. And it's like the one thing in the game I've done that hasn't been golf has been this little mini game where you're cutting grass. And it's like a couple of minutes, you clear a screen of grass and then the, the groundskeeper comes back in and is like, nah, it's fine. Don't worry, I've got it from here. And you're like, I haven't even cleared like one hole. Like, I've done <laughs> this tiny patch of grass. And he's like, nah, nah, I've got it. And it just cuts into this like montage of him cutting grass in really stupid ways. Um, there's like, he uh, is just like pushing like four golf courses, one of, uh, not golf courses, four, uh, lawnmowers like one in front of the other just in a big line across a bunch of grass at one point he gets like a food truck that's in the uh, the golf course and just drives it forward pushing like a row of lawnmowers across the grass to cut everything um, and there's just a bunch of goofy things like that or 
a really silly one that just happened now was uh, after you won a tournament your coach is like all right well everyone should come to mine for a meal and i'll roast a meal and we'll be it'll be great and you get there and he's like trying to shove a whole roast dinner into a microwave and he's like nah, i don't these instructions on the packet don't say how long to microwave it for it doesn't <laughs> say a microwave on here at all it says something about an oven and you're like yeah and he's like, all right, I got this, though. And then it cuts to, like, a few seconds later, and everything's just on fire. He's like, I think <laughs> it's almost done. And you're like, oh, no, this is terrible. Um, so there's a lot of, like, goofy character stuff like that. Uh, and I love just golf, which is... it's The core mechanics of it are a lot simpler than everybody's golf. Like, it has all the main things, you know. It's got the same power meter. It's got the... Uh, you know, it's got wind effects. It's got hills and stuff like that. But it just feels simpler it's like a lot more lenient about most of it than everybody's golf is but you know the kind of gimmick with golf story is that because it's more fantastical there's a lot of kind of course hazards that are just kind of silly things so uh in the first course there's moles that will if you land your ball near a mole the mole will come over and pick up your golf ball and put it somewhere else uh and there are usually variations of that there's a secondary you go to has a bunch of turtles in the water so right. for some shots you can either get the ball like close to the edge of something so that you can then in your next shot drive it over the water or you can risk it and hit it at a turtle and then the turtle will pop up and you bounce off the turtle but you have less kind of control or less way to predict where it's going to go after the turtle hits it like you'll keep the same direction as you're going but it's really hard to judge like how far it's going to go after the turtle hits it so you'll get to that next area you know like across the water probably closer to the hole you're trying to get it in uh, a lot faster than you would if you you know and at least one less stroke than you would otherwise but yeah you know you're risking that thing of you might actually go too far or you might you know still land in the water if it's you know not far enough uh, and there's a lot of little you know silly hazards like that they're usually animal based which is kind of neat um but yeah, I'm, I'm really liking that now. It, it took me a wee while to get it. Uh, and that, that one's still only on Switch, so... I, uh, yeah. I definitely recommend it if you're looking for a golf game on the Switch, which is, it is the golf game on the Switch. But also, you know, it is a very good one. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Switch games, you've been playing Voez. Yeah, so Voez was... I think we spoke about it... Uh, I think the last time we spoke about this was when Nathan was on the podcast, I think, and I was talking about that Frederick, yeah, the Frederick yeah, yeah. Rhythm Action Games. Yep. And uh, eventually I caved because I've been talking about Voice for a little while and I really liked the demo. It's got three songs on it and really liked them. So I caved and I, I bought it. But what I did was I used my... Uh, my gold coins that I oh, got yeah. from Nintendo. Yeah. So I ended up the I think the game is eighteen pounds ninety nine or something like that. And I got I had like three pounds fifty in discount. So I ended up getting the, the game for fifteen pound odd. Fifteen fifty I think it was it worked out somewhere around about there. Yeah. Um and that was cool. And yeah, it's a very good game. The it has over a hundred songs. Mm-hmm. And they're all, you know, uh, J-pop. It just it's all Jap- yeah, J-pop and anime and and things like that. Really 
but really good songs though um and the one thing that i do like about it is the the music the what do they call them the note charts the musicality mm -hmm. so normally when you play these games uh you know they'll normally hit certain beats um on the easy mode of these games uh on on voice anyway it's normally in you know there's certain beats that it hits so you'll be you know tapping the screen uh in tune to maybe every third beat or something yeah and that's fine but then when you move to the harder levels of these songs, uh, the musicality, I think, is very good because it goes with, if it's a, a song and it has, you know, catchy, not lyrics because they're in Japanese, but, you know, it has a yeah. catchy melody that they're singing along, you'll be tapping along to what she's singing. Um, it, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, that does uh, make sense. Yeah. Um, you know, see, the musicality is there. It feels like you're, you know, you're tapping yeah. away to the song. It's like as well. And that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a, a mode. Uh, so they've got the easy mode, then they've got hard mode, then they've got special. So it's three difficulty levels for every single song that they have. Mm -hmm. So essentially you're looking at if there's over a hundred songs, multiply that by three, because there's three different ways to play each of them. Yeah. Um, is there cool? isn't a story mode as as such. What happens is you you play the game, you start it up, and it says you know try the this song, play this song. There's only one song that's available to you, and it's the same song that's available in the demo. So play through the song, and that's fine. And then it says congratulations, all the other songs are now unlocked. And it's it's information overload because you now have over a hundred songs and it says go for it. So there's not a lot uh, of like uh, progression. Then it's just kind of like you have all the stuff. Go. Yes. Yeah. Um. But what it does do is it breaks the things down. So it breaks them down into level. Mm -hmm. Okay. So your your starting level, the easy level, you've got songs and they're graded from level one to level seven, and then consider anything within that bracket is easy um and then they've got from level eight to level 10 or whatever it mm -hmm. is you know that's considered hard okay um and yeah it reminds me of the uh the hitune miku games they have a kind of similar thing where there wasn't much of a progression it was just kind of just you would get better and it would tell you that you were getting better that one had yes. unlockable like costumes and stuff like that for Hasuna Mika, but like in terms of the like core mechanical progression, it was basically just you've unlocked all the songs from the start, play them. We'll tell you roughly what difficulty you should be playing based on like what you've been doing. Yes, which is cool. I like those games. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna take a look at this one. I've been meaning to for a bit. I've had the demo downloaded. I've just not, you know. Yeah. Played it. Um. So the last thing because it's pretty much it's a standard rhythm action game um just the music's rather enjoyable and yeah it's not bad at all but the the one thing i would say about it is when the game first came out because it was a launch game for the the switch uh and it was one of the first ones that was touch screen only so you could only play it as a handheld yeah they've updated it um and you can now play it on your tv using the controllers 
so you can use button presses which is really cool and the yeah the other cool thing is that they're constantly updating the game and supporting it adding new music yeah um so it's like just yeah tons so of, like they started with tons of songs and now it's like hey by the way what if there was more songs yeah um uh definitely worth it i would uh, suggest checking it out and that's voice nice yeah i'm definitely gonna check it out cool we mean to for well i i you know me i like rhythm games i especially like rhythm games on portable systems um, yes been meaning to pick up uh that crypto necrodancer port because i need a third copy of that game because yeah. it's really good <laughs> so that's it um, I used my gold coins as well. I picked up Dandara, but I've not played enough of it to really, you know, talk about it. That's why it's not on my games list. Right. Uh, like I finished Celeste and was like, I need another two D platformer now. Dandara will do. Yes. Uh, it's 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 quite good so far. <laughs> I I will talk about it next week. Um, for people who want to hear about it now, cool. go back a couple episodes to when Nathan talked about it. Yes. But yeah, it's pretty neat. Should we move on to board games then? Cool. Yes, yeah. So um, I'm the only one that's uh, played anything. So yeah, I've not played any of them. We have been doing uh, a a bi weekly, no, no fortnightly. That's the word I'm yeah. looking for. We've been doing a fortnightly games bi-monthly. evening. Bi monthly. Uh, bi monthly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've been doing a, a fortnightly games evening with a uh, Brewdog. Um, the, one of the Brewdog bars in Glasgow called the Dog House, and so we've been going in there and playing some games. Which I have to say, uh, I still in, love that that was a thing that that, that happened. Like, just because we're all we're all big fans of Brewdog beers and their yes, and stuff. yeah, and so they'd uh, they'd approached us and said, you know, would you guys, you yeah. know. What do you think about uh, doing a, a game day with us? That's the especially like, yeah. cool thing to me is that they approached us. This wasn't like we fucking went and begged to them, like, can we do a board game thing here? They came to us and were like, do you guys want to do a board game thing here? And it's like, yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, yeah, so it was really cool. So uh, if you're listening to this and you are in the, the Glasgow area, um, it's uh, every second Monday and uh, there's a Facebook page. you well, the, the Doghouse do have their, their Facebook presence and you can find the events from there. It's easy enough. And uh, yeah, they, they basically stole the banner when we were setting up the event. They stole uh, the banner from our website <laughs> and uh, they, they just called it uh, Glitch Free Gaming with Brewdog and that's it and off it goes. That's great. Uh, but yeah, so we played played a couple of games. We played games we spoke about here before. We played Shipwrecked. Shipwreck Arcana, which you spoke about last week. Yes, which I still need to play. I've been super excited to play about it, uh, play it <laughs> since you talked about it last week, and I was like, "Yes, I yes, need to, I need to play it now." But yeah. yeah, um, so we played it, and this time we played a five-player game. Oh, nice! So maximum player count, and uh, we played it with our uh, our programmer friends. That game is fucking fantastic with programmers. <laughs> oh, really? As a programmer. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, just or anyone that has that thinks logically, um, and uh, yeah, there's sometimes. So one of the things in the game is if you can't place your tile on one of the four clues, uh, 
you know, that you, you're supposed to. You put it on one tile that basically you're saying, I can't play the this number on anything else that's available. So therefore, any of those instances is not true. Mm-hmm. And so you place that down and you can just see everyone's minds going, especially in the programmers, right? You put it down there. It means that the <laughs> number's not between one and four but it's also not on this tile, so it can't be between six and two, and therefore it's a seven, and they're making these leaps and bounds. Yeah, I never really made that kind of programmer connection before, but I wonder if this is also why I'm pretty decent at Fugitive. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Like that same kind of thing of, like, (laughs) you're just kind of eliminating it and thinking logically about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, when I was studying, it was always law... um, because I didn't study programming, um, but I studied uh, law to a certain point as well. And it's got that same thing. It's that logical thinking. You need to be able to go, if this equals that, then, you know, your next logical step can only be yeah, doing, be yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we really enjoyed that. That was good fun. Um, we also played some more custom heroes, which was good. Yeah, I like that one. This is the, um, the transparent card one, right? The the card builder. Yes. Y- yep. We played four play game of that, uh, and won that one. It was over quite quick. It was the first uh, the first time I played it, and it's ended quite quickly. Oh. Um. So, the, but yeah, it's still very enjoyable, very good, and it was the first time that we actually used the the cards that do the betting system. All right. Okay. Yeah, so well, we you you know, it's basically uh, for anyone thing wondering what it is. Um, if you've ever played a trick-taking game like Hearts, there's something you can do that's called shooting the moon, mm-hmm. and you basically it's betting, and you say from the start, I'm going to go out and I'm going to capture every single one of the Hearts cards, which you you know in a normal game you don't want because they they count as penalties. Yeah. Uh, it's roughly what you do here you say i'm going to go out and i'm going to win the next round and i'm going to do it hands down um so ben played that card and he made the bet and Anne said you know what i'm going to do it as well so there was a a competition between the two of them to see who could finish their hand of cards first and did it so she won uh she bet two two victory points she won two victory points but plus then got five victory points for winning and she had enough and won the game instantly, and that was it. It was done. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> uh, going back to Shipwreck Arcana uh, slightly, actually, um, how did that feel with more players? Yeah. Was that did that feel like it, it elongated the game or shortened the game or anything? Or um, it it does make the game a little bit longer because you you know you've got um. In a two-player game, you've got two puzzles that you're trying to work out. Now you've got five puzzles you're trying to work out. Um, but it wasn't... It didn't complicate it or anything. It was just more puzzles to sort out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, That's it was cool. really cool. So, so it scales well, basically. Yes, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so, yeah, so it was really good. Um, and then the last one that we played was or it wasn't the last game it was the middle game but it's one that we haven't spoken about here and it's called say anything yeah i don't even know what this one is i just remember you showed me a picture of yes stuff that you'd so i yeah I, I i 
just before we went to the game day, I went into our friendly local game shop just for a little browse, and they had this on special for eight pounds. It's normally a thirty pound game, and I got a copy of it for eight pound. <laughs> so happy days, no Good problems point. at all. Um, and basically, I, I'm just trying to think how to explain this to you. I, it's it's a party game, and uh, everyone has a, a board that they can write on. Um, and it's erasable. So what happens is somebody takes a chance to be the quiz master and they will read out a question. Uh, for example, they've got a choice of things they can read out and one of them may say, uh, in my opinion, what is the ideal uh, date movie? What's the best movie to take somebody on a date to? Mm-hmm. And everyone writes down an answer. And what they're doing is they can write a funny answer, they can write a serious answer, but what they're trying to do is get you to pick that answer. Yeah, so kind of similar to how everyone plays, like Cards Against Humanity and stuff like that, where you've got to play to the play to the person that's, you know, picking it. Yes, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, you reveal all your answers, and then... Uh, the quiz master picks one, but he picks it blindly. You know, he picks it and doesn't let anyone know what it is. Mm-hmm. And then everyone places bets. They and they bet. You've got two little chips, and you put your chip on whichever answer you think. Uh, you know, the 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 question master is going to pick. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's basically you can earn points by guessing correctly. That's kind of cool. Um, so it's kind of yeah. like. A, so it's kind of like a. Uh, I was going to say Cards Against but it's more like uh, like Quiplash yes quiplash, it's exactly it, it's like Quiplash but with betting yeah it is exactly um, Quiplash it is and it, it's an analogue version of Quiplash that's cool I, I uh, really good lots of fun I will bring it to our next game day um, and yeah I was super stoked that I got it for 8 quid yeah it definitely seems like a good price yeah so um uh, but yeah that was it um for for board games anyway um have we got any news uh yeah there's a couple of things not a lot it's been kind of quiet although there is a nintendo direct happening right now so yes (laughs) um but yeah the news has kind of came up for this uh ubisoft announced the division 2 they're not they haven't really announced anything about it just that they are doing it and they will show more at E3 which I guess is interesting because E3 is months away so it seems weird to announce yes. it this early but hey we knew it was coming anyway uh-huh. um, uh, which I'm excited for because I like that first game uh, I recently bought that first game again on PC and it's, it's fun, I've been replaying it and cool. they supported it really well so I will play a second one uh, and then the other main big kind of news story we've got here is really just a rumor, which is um, the one of the Witcher developers tweeted, uh, commenting, saying, I would just read it verbatim. It says, what if Geralt was to step out of the Witcher game for the first time to make an exp- appearance in one of the upcoming games later this year? Right, and that's as, that's as much information. That's as much as information, get. but let's face it, it's probably Soul Calibur 6, right? Yeah. That seems that seems like the most obvious thing. Yes, because Soul Calibur always has guest characters, and they haven't announced any for six yet. So, yep. 
Geralt would Geralt would be a really fucking good fit for that game as well. <laughs> I would kind of like this super serious, you know, you know, super serious Witcher to show up next to all the kind of goofy characters of Soul Calibur. Yes, um, that'd be pretty good. Uh, but there's no more information on than that. So who knows? Cool. Um, yeah, I've not really got much else here. Um, you can say what's being announced in the direct so far if you want. Uh, yeah. So we can do that. Yeah. Uh, I'll just jump through a couple of the quick things. Um, Nintendo's making a new WarioWare game for the 3DS, uh, <laughs> which is I don't know what the name is. It's like WarioWare Golden or something like that. It's like a it's a best of collection basically. They're the same things what they did for Mario Party recently. Only they took a good game this time to do it. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's going to have 300 micro games from the WarioWare series. They need to bring that out in the Switch. Yeah, I know, but that might actually make me dust off my 3DS because, man, I fucking love WarioWare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll happily play that. Um, they announced a third, I think third, maybe fourth, um, Dylan's Rolling Western game. Uh, right. Uh, man, I cannot find the actual news stories for these things. Usually they're a lot faster. Uh, it's like called Dylan's Dead Heat Fighters or something like that. Uh, it's like a post-apocalyptic looking kind of take on that world. I've never played any of those games. I've heard they're really good though. Yeah, same. I I've keep, never I, played them. Yeah, yet. I keep meaning to. Like I have a few friends that are super into them, but yeah. Um, yeah, strange. Uh, there was a couple more 3DS things. They're doing another one of the, the remakes of their Mario and Luigi series. Yes. So last year they did a remake of uh, Superstar Saga and now they're doing a remake of Bowser's Inside Story which is again something that might make me pick up my 3DS again because Bowser's Inside Story is by far probably my favourite of those Mario and Luigi games. It's really fun. Right. Um, like it's a is the kind of turn-based role-playing game that they make, they've made in that style since like Paper Mario. Uh-huh. But uh, half the game is, I think, Luigi. Is here? I think half of it's Mario. It's Mario and Luigi um, inside Bowser. Like they've been eaten by Bowser and they're tiny inside Bowser and doing puzzles and stuff like that. And then right. the other half of it is like Bowser running around destroying things. It's pretty neat. Um, it's really funny. Those games are super funny. Cool. Um, I think there was a couple of 3DS things, but. Uh, uh, yeah, there was a Luigi's uh, The Haunted Mansion one. Yes. Uh, I was watching this with the sound off, so I don't know what that is. <laughs> but yes, it's another Luigi's game. Uh, well, it's it's a remake of Luigi's Mansion. Oh, just the first one? Yes. Oh, that's cool, because they did a sequel on 3DS, so I was wondering if it was a new one. or it makes sense if it's a remake of the first one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find a good like live blog of this or something, but I can't. Uh, bah, bah, bah. but yeah so yeah um, that'd be neat I, a lot of this stuff kind of makes me want to pick up my 3DS again but I'm not sure I will um, then on Switch yeah. they're bringing uh, that sushi game that they announced at E3 whose name I've already forgotten um, yes yeah it just looked weird it looks neat like I, I, I want to play it I'll probably pick it up they're bringing it to Switch now so that's cool I'll probably actually play it now cool um, Okami HD is coming to the Switch. Yes, 
uh, which is yep. I might as well buy another copy of that. Why not? Uh, <laughs> Dark Souls Remaster is coming out. Well, we already knew Dark Souls Remaster was coming out uh, the twenty fifth of May. Yeah. But they announced they're doing a network test for it on the Switch some point soon, and also it's going to have amiibo support. They're doing an amiibo of um, oh god, I forgot his name, the Sun Knight, uh, Solaire, who yes. does the praise the sun, the iconic praise the sun gesture. Um, they haven't really said what the amiibo does from the looks of it, but. It might just unlock that gesture. <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if that's all it does. <laughs> um, what else have we got? Uh, uh, Mario Tennis. Mario Tennis. They showed off a bunch more stuff of it. It looks really fucking good. Yes. Uh, There's as... a pre- pre-launch tournament. Oh, so they're doing a kind of um, like splat, not splatfest. Uh, what did they do before? What uh, I don't, the Test water... fire. Yes. Kind of thing. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and they're showing right now a new, well, it appears to be a new Captain Toad game. Yes, uh, Captain Toad Treasure set, Tracker. Yeah, set in Mario Odyssey uh, levels. And also yes. some, of, I think so, I think this level, a couple of these levels are from the previous game as well. So it might just be a remake with more levels. Man, it's hard to tell without sound on, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. And also 3DS. <laughs> ah. Cool. Yeah, it's just called sure. Captain Toad no, Treasure no. Tracker, so that's yeah. weird because it's because they had that game on the Wii U. Yeah. Um, oh man, Undertale. This is just turning into a live thing now. Um, <laughs> oh, also Project Autopath Traveler. They showed a couple of new characters. They both look really cool. Yes. Coming out and... July thirteenth, which is relatively soon. Yep. You know, we're getting a few months into the year now. Um. I'm super looking forward to that one. Project Outpost Travel, like I, I love that demo. Um, I'm looking forward to that full game. Undertale, I, I love Undertale. So I yes, might, I never bought that Vita version. Switch. Oh, might end okay. up getting. I played yep. it on PC. Like it's that thing, you don't really need to play it multiple times. Or well, you do, but <laughs> once you've played it like the three times, it gives you the different endings. That's kind of all you need, or at least all I yeah. needed. Right. Um, so I don't know if I want to really really play it, but maybe. It dep- I think it, maybe it depends on the price that they bring it out and stuff. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, right now they are showing Crash Bandicoot Collection for the Switch. So cool. That's gonna be neat. I didn't buy that on PS4 because I'm not a massive Crash Bandicoot fan. But if you like Crash Bandicoot, yeah. Oh, that was another thing that I didn't put in the news section because it was just a rumor, but. Uh, there was a bunch of rumors that saying that uh, Activision were going to make a Spyro collection in the same way they did the Crash Bandicoot one. So with like All right. remade graphics and stuff like that. So probably increases the chance of that coming to Switch as well if the Crash Bandicoot one's coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, other than that, I don't think I've got any more news. Cool. Uh, no. No, this is mm. going to keep going, but yeah. yeah. Um, shall we quickly have a look at some new releases then? Yes, let's. So, having a look at things that are going to come out for weekending the sixteenth of March. Um, not really that much. Uh, Armello. This is weird. Armello's. It's saying here Armello for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. I thought we already had Armello. We did. Maybe they're doing like for those. Version. It might. 
Yeah, maybe a, a physical version. Um, then we've got the Raven Remastered coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One from THQ Nordic. Um, Devil May Cry HD Collection is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One on the 13th. Yeah, uh, we, I've heard some you, iffy things about that so far. Yeah, so... Oh. so they did a... Um, they did a deal with Twitch where they, you know, Twitch had like their Twitch Prime thing. Yes. Uh, where they gave out the remaster of Devil May Cry 1 that they're using for that. Uh huh. Apparently, it does not run super hot and has a bunch of kind of graphical issues and stuff. All right. So okay. that's kind of a bummer, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Man, I would happily play through Devil May Cry 3 again. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Uh, we've also got a Cube 2. Coming out to PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, the Long Reach, the digital version, is coming out on the Switch on the 14th of March. Cube 2 is that like a is puzzle game. A, I know that well. Yes, and the Long Reach is one of these uh, pixel pixelated adventure games. Okay. Um, that could be cool. Yeah. Uh, Surviving Mars from Paradox Interactive. Yes. Comes, yes, comes out PS4 and Xbox One. On the 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beast Quest. No idea what that is, but it's a cool name. I recommend uh, game. Coming out to PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, oh, this is a big one from, for us, I think, anyway. Uh, coming out to PS4 and Xbox One, Burnout Paradise Remastered. Yes. I will definitely pick that up. Speaking of the death of arcade racing games, <laughs> I will happily pick up one of the last great arcade racing games that we got or arcade yes. yeah Burn Out Paradise yeah. Burn Out Paradise is so good uh, what else we got uh, Haikuku Hakuku Hakiku Haku uh, Edo Hakuku. yeah Edo Blossoms yeah that's I think that's a visual novel right uh, it's Idea Factory yeah, this is a, it's a kind of visual novel set in kind of um, the Edo period with a bunch of like samurais and stuff. Looks alright if you're into visual novels. I'm not really. I heard that the English translation on it was kind of rough. It was the main thing I'd heard about this version. So. Right. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Kirby Star Allies comes out in the 16th as well. I haven't heard of it. Uh, never heard of it. No. And then uh, the final thing I've got here is the Twenty Fifth Ward, the Silver Case, coming out to the PS. Is that? I'm not too sure what that is. It's uh, from NIS America, uh, so that's um um um. Shit, what's the developer's name? Uh, it's a grasshopper game. It's um, Suda Fifty One's like first game. I'm pretty sure. All right. Okay. Uh, like he made it a while ago. It's a visual novel. Um, yeah. It's, it's so the fifth one's first game. Uh, it was originally called The Silver Case. Um, and it was a mobile game that came out in two thousand and five. Cool. And yeah, they're doing a remaster of it because so the fifth one's gained kind of a cult popularity. So it makes sense to kind of bring out his older stuff. Cause I don't think yeah. it came out on like anything else. So it's been like impossible to play. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. 
Cool. That's it for uh, new releases as well. I uh, have you got anything else to add? Uh, not really. This Nintendo Direct, Direct sold one. Yes. So Crash so... Crasher Buttholes come to Switch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they're updating Splatoon 2. And ARMS. And ARMS. Yeah. So that makes me happy. Yeah, me too. Uh, cool. I like Splatoon. Nice. Man, this, what's going on on this screen now? Oh, um... wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think the only thing left to do is thank everyone for tuning in and listening. Um, I, if you want, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming.com you can find us on facebook search for glitchfreegaming tweet us at glitchfreegame and you can also go to www.glitchfreegaming.com for our website with all our cool stuff yeah so until next time then uh, we will love you and leave you and we'll see you again soon see ya see ya